0: Well, good morning, everyone. It's me, Dave McMahon. Welcome to Unleashed on 4680Q.ca and 4680Q.com. We are broadcasting live in downtown Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. My voice is a bit raspy today, so I will take a little swig of water in between chit-chatting with you. Uh, There we are, such as now. Excuse me. We're brought to you by Niagara Mobile Rust Proofing. Go online, check it out, Niagara Mobile Rust Proofing. Uh, I highly recommend them for your rust proofing needs for your vehicles. So Unleashed with Dave McMahon is about having fun and interesting and revealing conversations with interesting people. Although I broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All of my shows can be heard uh, on the podcast platforms within 48 hours from the live broadcast. I talk about an interesting guest. I have one with me now in the studio. Uh, She is definitely a ray of sunshine. Her name is Joan Sanusi. And Joan is a financial educator. She's an inspirational speaker. She's also a singer, so I'm hoping she's going to sing for us today on the show. She's a dancer. We have some floor space for dancing in the studio, not a whole lot. Uh, She's also a writer. She's a coach, a friend to many, and a poet of of scriptures. Welcome to Unleashed Joan.
1: Good morning, good morning everyone. Thank you so very much, Dave McMahon,
2: for bringing me here. Let's unleash.
0: Yes, let's unleash our thoughts and our personalities. Can you do me a favor, Joan? You see that little fluffy thing on the end of that microphone? Yeah. Can you just take that off for me if you don't mind? Here, just pass it over. It's like, yeah, I'm going to put it on this one here. There we go. It's like a little condom on a microphone. There we go, and it it keeps the sound a little bit cleaner. Thanks, Joan. Um, Joan, let's get started by talking about maybe where you're from. Where were you born?
1: Okay. Uh, my name is Joan. I was born in Nigeria, West Africa. Remember, Africa is a is is a continent. Nigeria is a country. In Africa I was born into a huge family and um, I grew up on a farm I started my life on a farm so I know how to do a lot of stuff on the farm and uh, I grew up you know being a tomboy. I yeah. Grew,
2: yes, I grew up as a tomboy.
1: Yeah, doing, doing uh,
0: what they would call boy stuff.
2: Exactly. I played soccer.
1: I climbed <clears> trees. <throat> I, you know, did a lot on the firm. I had lots of siblings, you know. And, uh, yeah, I grew up a happy girl. And I, I believe I'm still a happy girl, right? You now. are.
0: You're definitely a happy person. And for your first time in front of the microphone on a podcast, I think you're doing spectacular. So, yeah. Um, so, growing up on a farm as a kid, how great and how healthy is that compared to kids that are being raised by their iPads?
1: You know What? There were no phones, no iPad. We had black and white TV on the farm in those days, you know. I'm talking of in the 70s and early 80s, yes. So.
0: And yeah, so, and you had to have imagination to play. You played outside, you got your fair share of fresh air.
1: Absolutely. We had the most fun. You know, when I talk to my kids about my life then, they always say like, Mom, I wish we could go back to that time, you know, where you're on the farm, you're free-spirited. I only delve into books. We had a cyclopedia. My dad is a learned person, so I read a lot of books. He made us read the newspapers, you know, even as age nine and Give him a summary of that. So I was in books, and, you know, in my imagination, I've traveled down. I've traveled all over the world. I went to Australia. I went to Sydney, Australia. I had big dreams, and I was like, one day I'm going to be there. And, well, I'm not in Australia, but I'm in Canada.
0: Yeah, Yeah. which is beautiful. Beautiful country we have here. So you imagined all these things when you were uh, a kid
1: on the farm. I absolutely did. Yeah. I had time on my hands.
0: Did you have chores? My guess would be
1: yes. Absolutely. We had chores. What kind of chores did you have to do? We had chores. Uh, I remember one time, which was really something I shared with my kids also, uh, we were made to go to the stream to fetch water. We now, had... the water would be used for washing dishes, etc.? Exactly we had we had to go we did have a reservoir when the rain falls it collects water for the farm animals and so on and uh but we do have to go to the stream once in a while and you know on the way you play, you put your pills down, you play along, you know, it takes longer because there's, there's no TV to run back to because TV is only for like evenings for the news and for one show or the other. I'm an hours of horror, you know, those movies. There's too much stuff shows. to do during the day.
2: Exactly. There's yeah. <laughs> too much to do during the day that it was.
1: it was fun, you know. I wish I could go back to that era, but Unfortunately, it's gone.
0: Now, how many siblings do you have? Oh, you don't even want to think about L-lots, it. Lots, eh?
1: Lots, lots. Like
0: more things. than 10 or 15?
1: Oh, absolutely. Twice of that.
0: Yes, twice yeah, of that. Big my,
1: family. My dad happened to be an only child. and uh, Shame, I'm also an only child. Yes, So, and he was like, you know what, I, I have to replenish the earth, you know? So he went all out. And we kept on having siblings, and, you know, 37 years since he's gone, we're still having family meetings. We're all still together. So that's the beauty of having a loving, huge family.
0: Yeah, and were your parents
1: strict? Yes, yes. My, my, my dad was strict. My mom... Yeah, maybe not so much until after my dad passed. And then she became very strict also. But my dad, he was a loving guy. You know, I remember the first time I, when I became a woman, you know, (laughs) instead of going to my mom, yeah, I actually went to my dad.
0: Wow. We
1: were that close. You could approach him. You could tell him anything. And I think... That's pretty special. Yes, I felt like I was a special girl, you know, growing up.
0: Yeah, the fact that you had such a strong rapport with your dad, that you felt comfortable to talk with him about maybe some
1: girl topics. Absolutely. He was that kind of guy. Not many are like that these days. You must miss him tremendously. Tremendously. I talk about him every time. You know, if you meet me, within a little while, you've heard about my dad. When you get to know that he's passed, it's like, oh, he's passed. And when you know that he's passed 37 years ago and you still have fresh memory, that's the legacy of life, the imprint of love, of loving his kids, each and every one of us, that he's still living on. Certainly.
0: Now, let's let's jump to when you came to Canada. So you grew up, you're on the farm, and then... When did when did you come to Canada?
1: Yes, I was on the farm, and then I went to school uh, in the middle belt of uh, Nigeria, and then I started work with Coca-Cola. I worked with... Rank with Coca-Cola? Zero. Yes, I worked with Coca-Cola. I I worked with Rank Zeros. I actually started my career in Rank Zeros. I was in the marketing department, and then I went to inventory. I did a lot. And then I went, worked with USC also, and uh, Parabim. Those are con- uh, you know companies from Europe that... Uh, yeah. I settled in in Nigeria and then I worked with um, Coca-Cola actually till 2000 when I left in June and I came to Canada July 2000.
0: Now, did Coca-Cola leave a good taste in your mouth, so to speak, no pun intended? Did you have a good experience with them
1: at that time? Absolutely. It was a good experience, and it's still a good experience. You won't believe it. Twenty-something years after, I still have a relationship with those people I worked with.
0: You made great friends with the Coca-Cola. Great friends. They're so huge, they own so much. Too much, but they're good. Well, that's nice to hear. And then where did you go from there?
1: So when I left Coca-Cola was when I came to Canada. At that time, my husband was in Canada and he came to Nigeria. He met me there and uh, I guess we fell in love. And that's why I came to Canada.
0: Yeah. And did you have children together?
1: Oh, yes, we do. We do have one lovely daughter together.
0: Yeah, how old is your daughter?
1: She's 22 now.
0: Oh, wow, all grown up.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> now, is
0: she at home with you, or are you an empty nester?
1: Um, She's still at home, However, uh, she's in school. She's actually going to school in the U.S., so she's in her last year in Ohio Wesleyan University.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so um, now I- your daughter, does she remind you at all of... Either your mom or your dad, are any of their ways kind of coming through in her? A bit of both, maybe, or no?
1: I see a little bit of my dad in her. She's um, free-spirited in a way, but she's studious. She's very logical, and uh, she's responsible. That's one thing I saw in her, that I'm responsible, but I know that's like a treat from the family down. She's stoic and, you know. And um, she's studious. She, I don't ever have to ask her to study. She's on top of everything.
0: Yeah, she's very self-disciplined, I guess. Very, very.
1: Yeah, and so what is she going to go to school for? Uh, she's going to school for health sciences and kinesiology.
0: Oh, wow. Very good. Good for her.
1: Yes. Excellent. Well, a shout out
0: to your daughter
1: then. Shout out, Bolu. I hope you're listening to this. Mommy loves you.
0: Very nice. Um, so then,
1: I, I, I understand that you
0: became you became a financial educator.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: How did this come about?
1: This came about after I had a loss, financial loss. I made some um, some not right steps, and it affected my finances. So I. I was at a a very tough place when this was uh, brought to me. And, um, you know, I haven't lived in this country for a long time. I didn't know. And I was with CIBC, you know. I was in the investment department. And then I was with IFDS, International Financial Data Services.
0: So you definitely had a a financial background.
1: Yes, but I did not have personal financial strategy. It has not been taught in school. It is not. Personal financial strategy is something that you had
0: to delve in separate from the occupation in these financial
1: institutions. Absolutely. And that is why I'm so passionate about giving people, families, financial literacy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you provide this as a service, as a practice in your uh, line of business.
1: Absolutely. We just teach people how to manage their money, how to know where they're losing money, and we encourage people about savings and being conscious of where they put their money. And it's not about how much you make. It is about how much you're able to put aside somewhere safe that it can grow consistently over time.
0: Now, what do you say uh, to the folks that say, I can barely make ends meet. How on God's green earth am I going to put away a little bit of money? What would you say if someone hit you with that?
1: You know, the first thing I'll tell them is that you need a personal financial strategy. And what do I mean by that? You need to write down in paper, black and white, write it down how much you're making, How much you're making, how much is coming in, how much are you spending, and where are those funds going? I bet you by the time you're done writing it down, everything that comes in. Every every penny, every cent. Every penny, every cent. You'll find out that there's some things that you're paying for that you're not even using, and you can't stop. 10 bucks here and there, 20 bucks here and there, 40 bucks here and there. Absolutely. And you know what? You can cut down on your expenses. There's so many things that we subscribed to that we're not using. It's not useful to us. Right. But we just have it. You can cut that. Cut that on that. And you can put that money somewhere. And over time, you'll be surprised. So you how- can
0: analyze, you can sit down with them, strategize, analyze their situation. And advise them as to what would be the best little steps moving forward.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know what? Just putting the the, the act of sitting down to put it down yourself, you'll realize that there's so many things you're spending money on that you shouldn't be spending money on. Like eating out three, four, five times in a week. You could cook and it's even more healthier cooking at home. You know, so there's so many little, little things that will come out to you and you are the best judge of your life. You'll know where you're missing it and you'll be able to stop it. Nip it in the bud.
0: Nip it in the bud, as the old expression goes, before it gets too out of control. Absolutely. I mean, there are people, young people in their 20s that have already been bankrupt, as you well know. Like I'm talking a client of mine, I think uh, she was 24 and she was already bankrupt and credit cards were racked up, you know, purchasing things that she really couldn't afford buying, you know. And so you see this, you see uh, destruction this way.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's why what I tell people, especially young people. People, that that credit card is not free money. It is not free money.
0: That's what they've got to realize. This is just a loan for you to pay back. And if you can't afford to pay it back, you best not spend it.
1: Yes, especially, especially, especially if you're young and you have a dream of, you know, being great tomorrow. If you want to plan for your future, then you don't ruin your today.
0: And shopping is such an addiction for so many people today.
1: It is, because we we use shopping to, you know, to kind of dampen our depression. Yeah. You know, uh, because a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff, personally, financially, emotionally, to relationship. And, you know, it's shopping, it's a I think there's something about psychology that when you're shopping, you feel good, like you're rich or something, and you're picking these things you don't really need. You, yeah. know, you go to Costco and you buy all these things, and then on Mondays, it gets into the garbage. Yeah,
0: you know? exactly. Yeah. And and it gives people such a high. Some people get such a high. It, I mean, there's those that shop for necessity, and there's those that shop foolishly, and you know they get such a high from buying these things and it makes them feel so good
1: yes and it's 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 like it's like being on drugs it gives you a high you buy these things and then you find out at the end of the day that you don't really need them
0: we have a friend of the family who grew up very poor lots of siblings and now that she's you know an adult and she makes decent money She is a shopaholic, full-blown shopaholic. And she has seven or eight coffee makers on her countertop, all plugged in, okay? And they are all newer. And I think the one was 600 bucks, okay? You know what I'm saying? And she just keeps buying and buying and buying. Some things are not even out of the box yet that she purchased last year. You know, it's a a huge problem.
1: It is a a huge problem. And then she
0: complains that she's broke. (laughs) She complains that, you know, it's hard and it's a struggle for her. And she cries victim, you know, when in fact she really needs to sit down with someone like yourself, a financial educator who has life experience And also book experience as well.
1: Absolutely. And I would also encourage her probably to go for counseling too. Because it's um, it's that point, you know, buying stuff, having six, seven coffee makers, is pointing to that time when she was young and there was no money. Probably they do not have a coffee maker at home at that time. So she's trying. So the little her, maybe the teenager in her, He's still not healed, so she needs, um, you know, counseling for that, and then she can come back to me for the financial counseling too.
0: For sure, and we'll give your, your social uh, contacts to the listeners in case they want to reach out to you uh, regarding um, getting some financial education, which I think will really help anyone, you know. Um, you're an inspirational speaker as well. Did that kind of come out later After you did your financial uh, education, which you still do today, educating people financially, how did the inspirational speaker come about uh, as a service that you provide did you take some courses seminars what inspired the in- inspirational speaker
1: in you it, w- it was live, Dave it was life that taught me that there's so many other people that were experiencing what I'm experiencing I'm able you know By the grace of God, I would say, I'm able to encourage myself, to motivate myself, but not many people go through stuff and they come out of it strong. For instance, I was divorced. My daughter was born without me being with my husband. I got pregnant and he abandoned me with the pregnancy and uh, I was depressed But something told me that if I allow this depression to weigh me down, what is going to become of me? What is going to become of this child that is within me? You understand what I'm saying? So I I believe my feet helped me to, you know, weather the storm.
0: That's right. I mean, you could have curled up in a ball, cocooned and (laughs) died and cried and been the victim uh, of circumstance And had a very bleak sort of existence, but you opted for something far greater.
1: I knew there was more to me. I knew there was greatness within me. And so is that person that is listening to this today. I don't know who you are. I don't know what is going on. In your life right now, I want you to know that there's much more to you. You're unique. There's greatness within you. There's so much you can do. The world needs you. You're loved. The universe is beckoning you to come out and shine forth the glory that is within you. Ooh, that is beautiful.
0: True and well said. Most definitely. Um, you love to sing. You sang as a child. Makes you feel good?
1: Yes, absolutely. I as love far
0: as sing. a genre, if we were to categorize what you enjoy singing, what sort of a genre would, would your music, your singing fall under?
1: Honestly, I think... I've been told that I my my range is from one to the end. I love gospel. I grew up in the church, so I sing uh you know gospel songs. I love jazz too. Yeah. I love you know R&B, you know. Oh yes. I, I just love music. Instrumental too, classical music. I just love it. It's something to do. I never went to school to learn anything about You didn't music.
0: take uh, music lessons? No. Or voice uh, singing lessons? I
1: only did that for a three-month period. And this is what I was told, that you have a huge range. You understand what I'm saying? So, And this is when I was already in my 40s, before this happened. And I've been singing since I was a kid. I just love to sing. And I think my kids have taken that over from me, too.
0: Yeah, Nice, nice. Now, um, if we could just take a little pause in our chat about, you know, so many different things that we're going to touch on today. Uh, I was hoping that you could sing a song for us, maybe right now. Are you okay with a command performance? (laughs)
2: I, I guess I can. Come just, on! It, w- it will
1: be. It will be. You know, it just a, a little more like an a cappella. You know, and it's that's just, okay. And it's just for the listener today. I just want you to know that everything is going to be all right.
2: Okay. Yes. So I've got a feeling everything's gonna be all right. I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Yes, yes. I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Be alright, be alright, be alright. Did you hear me that? I've got a feeling. Everything's gonna be alright Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got a feeling Everything's gonna be alright I've got a feeling Everything's gonna be alright Be alright Be alright Be 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 alright Woohoo! Yeah!
0: Yes, yes. That was beautiful. Thank you. And I felt the good vibes coming from you uh, the first day I met you at the radio station here. And I felt the good vibes radiating from you when I was listening to that song. Thank you Thank for you. that. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, that was awesome. And I hope our listeners enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, so it's effortless, right, for you to, you know, uh, get this music out, for you to sing. It's just, it comes out so
1: naturally. It is. I believe it's a gift.
0: And dancing. Yes. Did you ever go for dance lessons? Are you self-taught?
1: I'm self-taught. I think um, I'm self-taught. It's just, I just love to move. I move to the music. Yeah. It's just natural.
0: Yeah. And all kinds of dancing.
1: All kinds, salsa, everything, blues, you know, African moves, everything. Yeah, I dance. Did, I just my body moves. Did you know. your
0: parents have rhythm?
1: Oh yes, they do. They do. We actually had dance dance night at home. My dad would play music and uh, we would all dance to it. Wow. Yes. As like a family night. Yes, Friday night. Friday night, you play music and everybody's dancing. Everybody dance. And we all still today, we we, we dance a lot.
0: Now, what about alcohol? Was there alcohol in the picture to some degree?
1: No. My my dad actually worked with Nigerian breweries, you know, as a marketing director. But I've never seen my dad finish a bottle of Star. So... Star is um is one of the product of Nigerian breweries. It's alcohol. He it does not smoke. He gets cigars, you know, because he goes when people gift him. He brings it home and uses it to, you know to entertain because he entertained a lot. It right. Was, it was the Rotarian president at a time when I was growing up. It was, you know, a big guy once you're reach in that sense of it. Yes. You know, but he never really He did. would
0: he would keep the alcohol for company. For company. And make them a entertain. drink, but he didn't need
1: that. No, he didn't. Yeah.
0: So he was clean. He was it pretty was
1: clean, it was clean. Yeah,
0: and no Toki, no doobies. No ganja?
1: No, nothing like that. Not really like that. Nothing like that. It wasn't common in uh in you know
2: in uh, I wondered about that. That's why I wanted to bring that up. It wasn't
1: up. common. So if you, right now if you go it's uh more in the midst of you know streets kids. An educated man my dad was educated in London um School of Business in the 50s. So he was not that wasn't his thing? No. He didn't get exposed to all that? I didn't get exposed to it. I didn't get to see people doing it until I was working.
0: Now, what about yourself? Or do you drink or, or uh, you know, take any sort of drugs, marijuana, anything like that? No. No. And you I've don't strike it. me that you do.
1: I. I've you appear to be que- uh, squeaky clean. I've never tried it, but I'm a social drinker. I love Irish cream. Yeah? Yes. And what,
0: what brand of Irish cream? Do you know?
1: I believe it's Bailey's. So
0: you like the Bailey's Irish cream? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I believe that's probably the, the best.
1: It's the best. I
0: when I was it. in Jamaica, I had some, um, like like a cream liqueur. I can't remember the brand of it, but it was amazing. But still, to me, Bailey's is probably the best, and I've tried a variety of others.
1: Yes, I, I think I've tried a variety of others, too. I've uh You know, red wine is a thing. My husband used to love red wine. So I, you know, on occasion. And I've tried a smirnoff.
0: Oh, nice. A little smirnoff, (laughs) a little vodka. Yes, I've tried. (laughs) But it's moderation with you.
1: It is moderation. Good. It's not something I, you know, Sit down and drink. So
0: So many people, so many people that you know, that I know, need to, you know, get some of that liquid courage into them before they can unleash their creativity. You know, there are certain guys that won't dance unless they've had a few drinks.
1: I don't need that.
0: There are certain people (laughs) that won't write unless they have changed the chemistry in their mind through indulging in a substance of some sort. Uh you know, and and I think it's great when people can be creative and you can sing, dance, write, uh, you know, and, and you don't need alcohol or drugs to ignite that sort of creativity and ride with it. If you can do it stone sober, I think it's great.
1: I, I think if I take that, it's actually acts as an inhibitor. It stops me from being me. It'll in- inhibit you from Yes, from being me, from doing all these things that I'm 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 you know, sometimes I think about myself as a multi potential it's you know, I can do a lot of stuff at the same time. I'm very energetic. Energetic, I mean, I'm very active. If I take alcohol, it quietens me down. I yeah. I just it's gonna da- it's gonna put a damper on you. Exactly. It's so- gonna suppress it will suppress you know my energy and all that uh, put me to sleep is a relaxative if possible if i can con that word
0: yeah. for me so you'll enjoy what a cup of tea
1: a cup of tea see yeah that's I have your my tea. tea yeah yeah <laughs> i have different teas soap tea i have green tea i have like different kinds
0: do you believe that there are certain teas that are very uh, medicinal
1: yes yes i was actually just introduced to soap tea that it's it's anti-cancerous and I'm trying it, you know, just anything to keep the doctors away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the green tea, you enjoy that? The
1: green tea is good. I was told it's an antioxidant. And, you know, most of the things that happen to women my age could could be due to um, inflammation and all that, and that this can help and it helps the digestion and all that. So, yeah. So that's why um I love tea. I love. Actually, I don't drink water that much. My water has to be warm and it has to be colored. So tea without sugar, without milk, it's good for me.
0: You're familiar with that there's a variety of mushrooms that are super healthy for us as humans, super nutritious, and there are lots of these mushroom powders That you can make uh, yourself a warm beverage as a substitute to uh, coffee, or as what I call an in-betweener between teas. And I have one at home. I can't remember the brand name. Tastes delicious. It's got a lot of nutrients in it. But it's dehydrated mushrooms. And you take a teaspoon of this, put it into hot water. You could put milk in it if you wanted, or almond milk, or soy milk, whatever you wanted to do, right? Yeah. But But, um, I'm enjoying some of these mushroom uh, beverages, mushroom tea.
1: Uh, I would love to have uh, the name of the mushroom. I haven't heard of it, but I do love mushroom. I use it in my stir fry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I want to talk about food because it's one of my... Favorite subjects, and we've interviewed chefs on my Unleashed program here, and we plan to interview so many more uh, chefs and people from hospitality industry. So, what is your favorite food, and what is your favorite thing to cook? Your favorite dish to cook? What's your favorite food, uh, John?
1: Um, my favorite food is uh, it's African. It's it's yam. It's called yam. It's uh, I believe it's the family of um, uh, of uh, potato. It's, they should be in the same family. It's a tuber. It's big. I love it when it's cooked and uh, mash, I mean, matched with um, um, eggs and tomatoes and onions and stuff. So you boil the yam. It's like cooking the potato. Right. Rice. So you boil this big yam. You boil it and then you make a sauce. But I love the sauce with the yam. Um I mean with eggs and tomatoes and onion. And you could also match it like um uh how do I describe it? You know, like pasta sauce, you know, making something like pasta right, sauce. Right, right. But it's yeah. not pasta sauce, but it's close to it. So everything. instead of a red
0: so- sauce, it's it's a yam sauce.
1: It's yes, it's a red sauce with oh, okay. different things like fish, like stuff and it's 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 yummy. But it's a
0: vegetarian mm-hmm. Dish or not? Not exactly. No,
1: not exactly, because there's fish. There's there's fish in it, right? Right. You can have shrimp in it. So there's
0: variations of this, but the core component here is this special yam. It's the
1: yam. It's you only from Africa. I believe that the Caribbeans also have it. I think food is
0: so exciting. It is. You know, I had African food once. We have a book, uh, a cookbook from food from around the world. And we made this African um, dish. It was beef and it was on a stick. And we had a peanut sauce with rice and peas and everything. And it was absolutely delicious. We did it with my friend Matt and his wife Shannon and my wife Debbie and I. And we would do that. We would select a different recipe from this uh, cookbook from recipes from around the world. And we would just take a trip to that country without even leaving the Niagara region. And we would cook some sort of ethnic food that we've never had before. That's interesting. Adventure, adventure with food. I
1: I love that. You know what? I'm going to borrow that from you. I think I will start doing something like that. Um, I hosted some international students too. And uh, this uh, guy at that time was from Spain. He actually taught me tortilla which is a potato fried with onions and then you drain it and then match it and then add egg to it and mix it together and then you put it back on the stove and it comes out like an omelet. Ooh incredible yes so it's like an omelet it's not like a crepe or anything. It's not crepe it's more like an omelet because it's the potato is is fried with onions with red onions and it's drained. Mashed, and then egg is added into it. So when you put it back on this on the uh, frying pan, you turn it. So it's it's called tortilla, but it's very tasty. Sounds but it's like,
0: not like the tortilla that we're used to here with the Mexican food. You know, it's a bit different.
1: The, that tortilla is just a, a a plain flat bread, the one we yeah. get, you know, in the store. This one is made with uh, with a potato. It's actually huge, and you could see the mushy, mushy, Ooh. um, egg, you know, not yeah. fully cooked in in between. And it's, it's a meal. It's a meal. It's really tasty.
0: What did you have back home growing up for breakfast primarily? I'm gonna guess porridge of some sort.
1: No, we wrong. Had, we had <laughs> cornflakes. We Had cornflakes. we had toast bread. My dad used to toast bread with uh avocado in between. Back when we call it, uh, what do we call it? Avocado, peer. It was peer, we call it back. Pier, yes, it was right here. That Pierre. I found out. yes, like P-E-A-R. the man, like a
0: person's name, Pierre,
2: P E A R,
0: P E A R, yes, pear, that's, yes, that's like what, the pear you eat,
2: yes, that's what I love. Pear, it's very fibrous, it is, it is, <laughs> it's, and very healthy. And, uh, so you'd have cornflakes and pear? And- we have cornflakes. We have um
1: bread, you know, toast bread or fried eggs sometimes. And it's, you know, I grew up in affluence, so it yeah. was, you know, we ate. You ate stuff. well. We ate well. You ate well, yeah. We yeah. Ate well, yeah. 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 How about pancakes? Um Honestly, I can't remember even having, having a pancake at th- those times. I can't. I know our breakfast is usually that, and then lunch is usually uh, maybe rice, and then dinner is usually beans, beans, you know, beans with uh, corn. Sometimes it's beans with a little bit of yam in between, and I always loved rice. Yo, now
0: what is your favorite kind of rice yourself?
1: What do you prefer? My favorite kind of rice is jollof rice, and I believe that every African, Every African has a variety of jollof rice. It's basically, you make a sauce, a red sauce, with rice. And I believe Nigerian is much better than Ghanaian. There's a competition between Nigerians and Ghanaian about jollof rice. I'm not sure I've tried this.
0: Even when we had an attempt at making this African food a number of years ago, I think we served it with a... uh, Punjabi East Indian white Basmati rice, which I'm a big fan of that. Um, but I've not I've not tasted the rice you're describing.
1: The rice I'm d- describing is called jollof rice. It's made with sauce. It's made with... Uh, you make sauce which con- comprises of bell pepper, onion, uh, garlic, a little bit of ginger, and tomatoes yeah. all matched together. Um, I would say maybe stir-fried, so it's cooked back home you put it in a pot and wash your rice and put it in but here just because it's more like easier i put it in the oven and i bake it wow yes
0: so it's a casserole it's like a big casserole big healthy
1: casserole (laughs) i love
0: casseroles (laughs) is it a long grain rice that you prefer is a brown rice
1: I prefer the long grain. I like uh, basmati uh, rice. So you do too. like it's, the basmati it's as well? good. I tried, you know, just, you know, healthier. I've been told it's uh, brown rice is healthy. I tried it, but I don't really like brown rice, unfortunately. So I've caught out my rice a little bit.
0: Um, do you? So you wash your rice? Yes. Right? And you just
1: rinse it in water? You rinse it in water a couple of times to make sure that the white, you know, the liquidy... Yeah. Then it's pl- more plainer. Yeah. When it's more plainer. A lot water. of people don't wash the rice. I've seen that too.
0: <laughs>
1: a lot of people don't I've,
0: bother washing I've the rice. I've
1: seen that, but you know what? Wash your rice. Wash your rice. You'll you'll be washing a little bit of the carbohydrate out of it all. Do
0: you do you soak your rice for a while? I've you I use that method where I soak it for a while uh, before I cook it.
1: Um, I don't, I wash my rice. I've seen that. I've seen a couple of my friends will soak their, their rice with a little bit of salt in it, uh, before, uh, you know, cooking. But instead of that, I parboil my rice. Sometimes not all the time. If I'm in a hurry to do something in 45 parboil. Minutes, you parboil it. That means you wash your yeah. rice. You put it on the stove with water. You let it, you know, parboil for a few minutes. Yeah. Once it's parboiled and you can see that it's bubbling, you drain it, put it back in the, in the pot and put your water and seasoning, whatever you want to put. And it, sometimes I cut a little bit of onion. If it's white rice, I cut a little bit of onion just, you know, to spice it up. <laughs> yes.
0: I love it. It's exciting to talk about food, <laughs> as you can I tell. I love food <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we're both foodies. We love food. <laughs> we are. Um, I was going to have you talk about something that you said you'd be pleased to talk about. And it's, it's talk about changing subjects and shifting gears. You were going to talk about what women want in the company of a gentleman.
1: So, now, the
0: thing is... <laughs> We only have about seven more minutes.
1: That's okay. I can do justice to it. You know,
0: so so let's hear what women want in the company of a gentleman,
1: please. Okay, you know, women, we we are a special species. We we love we we women, you know, there's so much to us. We're like an onion. Many layers. Many layers. There's many layers to us. But I will tell you, from my perspective, I want a gentleman that is, you know, has humor. I want an authentic person, a truthful person, someone that is uh, comfortable in his masculinity, that he can allow me to be myself. And I believe a gentleman should respect a woman. Not... Because she's a woman, but because it is the right thing to do. Not only women, be a respectful person. Right. That regard, sees humanity in every other person.
0: What about gentlemanly uh, gestures, you know, holding the door for the woman, uh, you know, uh, backing her chair up and and taking her coat and, and helping her to her seat?
1: I still believe in I believe I still believe in chivalry, you know. Yes, it's a feminist world and all yeah. that, but I still believe in chivalry. I want a man to hold the door for me. I want him, you know, to pull the chair out when we go. F- to, yeah. dinner, to pull the chair out for me. Yes, I want that. I want a gentleman to come to my house and see a frame on my wall hanging loosely and help me with that. Not that I can't do it myself, Yeah, but someone that is helpful, that wants to serve me. Because I am, as a woman, I want to serve him too. So someone that will meet me in the middle yeah. as I'm serving him to serve me also.
0: A good, healthy relationship Absolutely. based on give and take. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you want you want men to, women want men to, to listen. Absolutely. A lot of guys are not good at listening That's to their wives or their girlfriends. Um, they have to be in the moment. They have to want to listen.
1: Absolutely. Communication is key. Communication, listening to understand instead of listening to respond. Sometimes it could be both ways, but both partners need to listen to the needs. Sometimes women just want to talk. We don't want you to listen. We just want you to, I mean, we don't want you to respond. We just want you to listen sometimes. If a man is able to listen, you will win the heart of every woman that speaks to you. Cause most of the things that women want is someone to listen, not to judge. Just listen, so that you know there's bottled up emotions. Someone that we can offload it on, that will listen and not take it personal. I know that no, I'm not angry at, at you. I'm angry at myself sometimes. You know, yeah, I'm angry at myself, and I just need to talk. And you're there to listen, and to you know smile and say it's okay. It's gonna be okay. That's all sometimes that women need. And it's both ways. You know, I realize that most men these days, because um, I listened to a podcast one time, and it's found that men don't get, um, you know, they don't get a, li- a lot of thank you for being a gentleman that men don't get that and that masculinity or something is being reduced by women being too masculine and all that. That's not the case. I want every gentleman out there to know that it is what you bring. It is who you present yourself to be. That is how the woman will take you. But first of all, respect yourself so that you can respect the woman in your life.
0: And it's been a pleasure listening to you today on my unleashed show with me in the studio it's been a pleasure having you as a guest and it's been a pleasure listening to you and you are a ray of sunshine thank you so very much Dave. how can my listeners reach out to you for financial advice or financial education
1: I do have a website to that effect. It's uh, wfg World Financial Services. And you can search for the agent Joan at digby. I think you would have to put that on a Facebook or something because it's a long name. And you can search for my name. Or you can reach me also on joansanusi.com.
0: Joan, keep having fun.
1: Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. Hope you have a doggone great day.
1: Wonderful one. I will. Take care. Take care.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of Unleashed with me, Dave McMahon, on 4680q.ca. The podcast of today's program will be on the international podcast platforms within the next 48 hours. Have yourselves a doggone awesome day, everybody.